My name is Alicia. I am 22 years old and I've been abroad for give or take nine months. The biggest life lesson that I've learned out of this experience is that in our Dutch society, we are always on the go. Somehow, whenever we travel or go abroad and are being put in completely different surroundings, we find the ways to relax. You have more time to do what you really love. Go on adventures, spend quality time with the new friends that you've made, go for drinks, explore, etc, etc. But how come that we are not able to implement this in our own day-to-day -day lives? As soon as we come back, we feel the need to work, deliver, and impress. Is it possible to break this image that society tells us to be, to always be better, and to always do more? Sure it is, but it's not going to be easy, because this is all going to be on you. You want change, so you have to make sure that you get it, but I will help you along with some tools and tricks to get you started. Please note, this guide is not to advise you to simply do less, it is to make the task more meaningful and being able to complete them more successfully, which will increase your happiness and enhance the value of those tasks to your life. Step 1. Why we feel the need to be perfect. So I think I need to start by explaining why we feel the need to be perfect and do so much. Dali, 2018, explains that the need to be perfect comes from fear of not fitting in. This fear is being fed by social media, but also by your peers, your colleagues, and even strangers on the street. Today, people often get bullied for the simplest of reasons, and one of them is being different. Nobody wants to be an outcast, so it's easier to follow the crowd. Taking social media, for example. Every other second, new content appears on your feed which shows you how perfect and successful other people are. They have the perfect body, seem to get everything done in a short amount of time, achieve whatever they strive for, and seem to have no setbacks at all. This constant stream of content makes it this perfect that we are seeing becomes a new normal. Now just being average is no longer enough. We feel pressure to look, act, and be like these perfect pictures we see every single day. So we make some changes, do our ultimate best, and become like the people in those pictures. Now that we are perfect, we fit into society, will not get bullied, and sometimes even get validation for all that we do. Great! But with everyone trying to be perfect, the standards of being perfect slowly go up. Take that influencer that you follow, for example. Last weekend, she showed her followers that she got a lash extension. And now that you think about it, a lot of people have been doing that lately. Maybe it's about time you make an appointment too. And just when you come back from the salon, you open your feed and see that the same influencer just added an extra inch to her lashes. Better schedule a new appointment right away. When we look at this movement in the work field, imagine that you normally do four tasks a day. A new employer comes in and does five, which means you have to measure up and in the best case scenario, go even higher. You go up to six tasks a day. Do you see now that the striving to be perfect it's a battle that we can never win. And if we stop wanting to be perfect, there is no battle to fight at all. We would simply have all the time and space to be ourselves. Step two, quality over quantity. So I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but then why does it still not sink in? Society has led you to believe that being busy, always at work, means that you're successful and productive. Why do we feel like I did a better job today completing five tasks when you did only one? 
But guess what? That one toss that you did, it is top notch. And frankly, my five tosses that I've completed, I don't really want to show them to anyone because I didn't give it my full 100%. Therefore, I am not proud of it. Because I had so many tasks to divide my focus on, none of them were executed correctly, which could mean that I need to redo them. Whereas, you gave your full potential on that one task and were able to do it exactly the way you wanted it to, or perhaps even better. So who says that doing more is being better? Start living by the quote quantity over quality and you will find it easier to erase certain tasks and focus on the projects that are far more important. You will be able to make bigger steps in the areas that you find meaningful. You don't need to be good at everything. Why not be world class at one thing instead? Shao Osmond, 2016. Step 3. The 80-20 life. The 80-20 rule is also known as the Pareto Principle. This rule was founded by an Italian economist called Vilfredo Pareto in 1895. He explains with this tool that 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. Pareto realized that people subconsciously divided these percentages. He later discovered that this also applied for the Italian economy. 80% of the income in Italy was generated by 20% of the population. In businesses, this means that most of the time, 80% of their income will be produced by only 20% of their customers. Tracy, no date. This Pareto principle can be implemented in our everyday lives. I will show you how you can use this tool to increase your productivity. The most important thing is to realize that 20% of what you do will define the other 80% of your day. Therefore, you should always start with that 20%. In order to do this, you need to know what that 20% is. For example, you have 10 tasks to do today. Two of them are important, called the vital few, and eight of them are not. We call these the trivial many. These eight are often low-value tasks, like organizing, responding to an email, etc, etc. Whereas the other two are more elaborate and complicated to accomplish. Now, it is really tempting to start on those eight low-value tasks first. They don't take up much time and are really easy to do. However, if you start every day by working on these low-value tasks, this will soon become a habit and you will keep postponing those big important projects. Because after working on those small tasks, there really is not enough time to finish the bigger projects and frankly, your focus doesn't seem to be present anymore, leaving you feeling like you have been working all day but accomplished only very little. This is something we need to change. Start by writing down all your tasks and then ask yourself, if you could only accomplish one goal on that list today, what would have the greatest positive impact on your life? Mark this one goal. Now repeat this question and mark your second most important task. There you go. You have now selected the most important 20%. Working on these two goals could make a real difference to your career and will leave you feeling more satisfied during the day. Do you see now why they call this the vital few? Tracy, no date. The 80-20 rule can be implemented in various ways. It is important that you always start with the 20% of your day. Perhaps going for a good run or having a delicious breakfast is something you really love. Then this 20% can be a good way to kickstart your day, leaving you feeling positive for the remaining 80%. If you are curious about using this tool, you can also try to implement it in other areas like profit, passions and or relationships. By prioritizing the few things that really matter, the vital few, you will bring more love, happiness and success into your life. 
Wasmund, 2016. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive, and then go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Howard Thurman. Step four, how to make your life distraction-proof. One of the common excuses is I don't have enough time. Well, we can't add more hours to a day, but we can prioritize to make our time more efficient. In all the paragraphs above, I have explained the importance of making a schedule and writing down your greatest goals. Have you made your list already and you want to get started on your 20%? That's great. But before you can get started on implementing these tools, you need to make sure that your life and your surroundings have been made what I like to call distraction-proof. Simple things as a messy workspace, a cluttered email inbox, or a gazillion apps on your phone can be a distraction. These distractions are called external triggers. These distractions are visible, and it is best to minimize these as much as possible. Make sure you have a clean desk, empty your bin often, and delete some of the apps you don't use. When you get distracted by something as little as a text message, it can take up to 20 minutes to refocus on what you were doing. Miller, 2019. Unfortunately, we do not only get distracted by external triggers, but also by internal triggers. Internal triggers are the uncomfortable emotional states we seek to escape. These triggers are much more common distractions. For example, when we feel lonely, we check Facebook or Instagram. If we are feeling uncertain, we visit Google. And when we are bored, we might check the news or start a new conversation with a colleague. So how do I make my mind distraction-proof? Here are five simple steps to make your mind distraction-proof. Step one, write down how much time you need to complete every task on your to-do list. This way you won't copy your tasks to the next day. Step two, use social media and email on set times, so you don't use it every time you feel bored or lonely. Step three, serve the urge. By learning more about where your urge comes from, you will learn to understand it better and being able to let it crest and then pass. Step four, beware of liminal moments. The moment that you end one task and start another are called liminal moments. In these moments, we very easily get distracted. It is very important that when you decide to check, for instance, your email, you bring this to a minimum and refocus on your next task. Step five, believe in yourself. Studies show that people who believe they have the power to achieve something are also the most likely to achieve that goal. Miller, 2019. I would like to complete this podcast with the Stop, Focus and Ask tool created by Sha Wasmund in 2016. You can implement this tool at all times to regain control and reset your focus. Stop. The world won't end. Often your busyness creates more confusion. You need clarity. And to get that, you have to stop and take yourself out of your usual routine, even just for a day. Focus. On getting just one area of your life where you feel out of control, back in control. Instead of spreading your efforts thinly, concentrate on just one thing. One thing will lead to another. Ask for help. Just remember, it's always easier to find solutions for other people and to offer help to them. So in return, let someone else help you. My name is Alicia and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast.